Just like many of you out there, BYU football has a wish list of what they're looking to spend their money on, which they'll start garnering beginning in 2023 from the Big 12 Conference. Where should they prioritize? What should they do first? Let's talk about it on today's podcast. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show, however you might be digesting, whether you're watching us on YouTube or if you haven't been listening to us in the regular podcast format, thank you for your support. As always, we're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, our title sponsor this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with our friends over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, uh, happy Friday to you all right off the top here. And uh, just a heads up that, yet again, I am on vacation. I'm actually recording this ahead of time before I head out for a few days in the sun in Southern California with my wife. But nonetheless, uh, didn't want to leave you guys high and dry heading into the weekend here. Now, as we start today's show, uh, I was listening to an interesting conversation earlier this week, BYU Sports Nation. Now, I, I don't get to see BYU Sports Nation live. It comes on typically shortly, well, actually, it's the hour after my radio show with the KSL Sports Zone wraps up, so I'm usually in post-prod meetings and that type of stuff, but I usually go back and try and catch up on some of the news and uh, that they've talked about that day, uh, speaking of BYU Sports Nation. Very interesting note from Dennis Dodd, who they had on earlier this week. He was talking about the fact, okay, yeah, BYU and the Big 12 are going to make $31.6 million beginning in 2025. The first two years for BYU in the Big 12 Conference. They're expected to make about an average of $18 million annually, and it'll kick up, obviously, to $31.6 million in 2025 and then go up from there. But he also added in the conversation as he as he talked about the fact that uh, the TV contract, we also combined the college football playoff payouts which are expected to increase with the 12-team playoff uh, settling in that year as well as NCAA tournament credits from both the men's and women's basketball tournaments. The Big 12, according to Dennis Dodd, could be pushing their overall payout for the conference to near $50 million. 5-0. $50 million for each of the members' Schools and that would be just an absolute incredible windfall for the BYU athletic department. And as I listened to that thing, I was talking. I was as I was going to sit down and record this podcast. I'm like, I have an idea of how BYU can go about spending that money. Now, let's understand that for many, many years, many of you probably know this, but if you did not, uh, BYU athletics has never been subsidized by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. They have always had to essentially eat what they kill. Whatever money the BYU athletic department raised was what they could spend. So they had to live within their means. It's, it's a thing that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints espouses to, and it's absolutely the right way I think athletic departments should operate. Very few of them operate in the black like BYU does. So I, I'm not saying the BYU, the second they get that first $18 million check, they're going to go and blow it and uh, all of a sudden start spending like absolute madmen. That's not how BYU is going to do it. The way BYU is going to do it is they're going to be very judicious in how they go about things, but this is going to give them opportunities to do more than than they ever have. Now, has BYU Athletics ever really lacked for much of anything? I wouldn't necessarily say they've lacked for much of anything. They've always had donors 
deep-pocketed donors, boosters and the like, who when BYU truly needed something to get done, they could reach into their pockets, write a check, whatever they needed to do to get BYU the money they had. But now having this extra influx of cash coming into the coffers for BYU Athletics, it should give them the opportunity to work on some long-awaited or maybe long-anticipated upgrades to various athletic facilities, invest in the various programs. That's what I'm hoping to see from BYU. So as I listen to Dennis Dodd talk about that, and I'm essentially going off, okay, if you're going to make $50 million over the six years of that deal in the in the Big 12, it's going to be an average of $50 million a year. Let's just let's make it a round number right there. So for six years, at $50 million a year, that comes out to a grand total of $300 million in six years. Now you add in the two years of roughly $18 million, that's $336 million expected in about the first decade, first eight years of BYU's membership in the Power Five ranks. That is a quarter, of, more than a quarter of a billion dollars. That's It's absolutely just an incredible amount of money. And my mind has a hard time wrapping around how much money that truly is, but it is a huge opportunity for BYU. So here is what I would espouse or advise if I were able to advise guys like Tom Homo and the rest of the BYU Brain Trust on how to invest that money. Number one, invest in facility upgrades, whether that is putting a facelift on Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The biggest thing at Lavelle Edwards Stadium is they got to revamp the loges, the boxes. I'm not saying for the press box. Press box is totally fine how it is. We don't need much as media members. I'm talking if you want to start really garnering big dollars from big pocket boosters who want to have that sweet life uh, type uh, experience when they go to BYU football games, you've got to work on those boxes. You now will have the funds in a relatively short amount of time to go about doing that. I would also expect them to uh, just upgrade some of the amenities inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I'm not saying give it a complete overhaul, facelift, rebuild the stadium. That's probably years and years down the road in reality I think for BYU, but they could do some upgrades there. I would obviously like to see BYU go to all chair backs in LES outside of the student section. But that seems like a a little bit too much, I think, for BYU to do right off the bat in the Big 12. But do some of the upgrades on the facilities. Tear down the Smithfield House. The Smithfield House is a phenomenal venue for BYU volleyball. I, I freely admit that. But it is older than old. The building itself, it's just, it, it needs to be redone. Maybe they can uh, seismically upgrade it and restore it and maybe keep the original structure in place, but it needs an absolute overhaul on the interior. I'd also like to see BYU invest maybe getting football its own facility. The men's basketball uh, program and the women's basketball program have their new annex up there by the Marriott Center. Why can't BYU football have its own facility? Whether you build that on the Provo High Campus, you move it over to the West Parking Lot by El- Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I don't know where you necessarily you, you want to locate it. I would expect the BYU maybe investigates doing that at some point. I'm not saying the student-athlete building is inadequate. It's, it's actually far from inadequate in many ways. But football programs out there, big-time football programs, which BYU espouses to be, they have their own facilities. They have their own buildings. They have just every luxury out there known to man. Maybe you build a, a secondary student-athlete building and move the other sports into that building and give the student-athlete building as currently constituted to BYU football. I'm just saying that I think that BYU football needs to have its own facilities and just kind of its own digs to do its thing. Now, that one's probably a little bit of a longer play. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see BYU do is just invest in their programs. Invest on chartering. I would make sure that BYU men's and women's basketball at minimum, along with football, are all chartering to their 
away games. That They absolutely should be on charters because it's going to be something that's going to give BYU that extra oomph when it comes to their student-athletes. Am I saying that you're going to be able to charter everybody? You're going to be able to charter the baseball program, softball, swim, diet? You're not going to be able to do all of it, at least right away. But try and charter as much as you possibly can, especially for your higher interest sports, women's soccer, the basketball programs, like I mentioned, football already does it. I think men's basketball actually does it uh, by and large uh, pretty much across the board if they don't do it all of the time right now. But also, I, I would consider baseball and softball worthy of that investment. You should invest in that. Other investments I'd like to see, just overall upgrades of how BYU goes about their overall structure. Uh, make sure that you have adequate recruiting uh, staff for each of these sports that they feel like they need. Football in particular. We all know that football is going to bring in the vast majority of this money into the BYU Athletic Department budget. As such, they should get an outsized uh, I'm not saying outside, extra in terms of overall facility slash personnel investments. And I, I got to say, BYU is doing far more than they ever have right now, but they can continue to invest on that front. And I, it's an arms race, folks. I don't I don't know how to say it any other way other than the more money you invest in these programs, in particular the higher revenue sports, speaking of BYU basketball and BYU football, you're going to benefit from the more money you put into them. For many, many years, we've heard time and time and time again that we do more with less at BYU. It was like a, like a point of pride. It was like this merit badge they wanted to wear. Those days are gone. Like I said, you're going to be just on the 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 flatline estimate. I've three hundred and thirty six million dollars. You can take a bunch of that money and make sure that your programs are competing favorably, at least in the investment uh, side of things, with many of their compatriots now in the Big 12 Conference. So I guess my overall wish list for BYU with regards to this conversation is just make sure that your football program, the basketball programs, these programs, they have a fighting chance. Give them every advantage you possibly can muster for them. Will there be programs out there like in Oklahoma State who has like a used to be T. Boone Pickens before he passed away? They have billionaire donors that can just throw whatever money they want at things. Sure. I'm not saying that BYU doesn't have that. They have certain billionaires that happen to own certain professional franchises in the state that that would love nothing more than to have a continued uh, role with BYU athletics. You can dip into that pool if you need to at times. But with the amount of money you're going to start generating and bringing into your athletic department, it is going to be an unprecedented era for BYU in so many ways, especially when it comes to the overall income aspect. And by the way, that money does not include season ticket sales, concession revenue, New, uh, that is just strictly money coming in from the TV contracts, NCAA payouts from their tournaments, the championships, and also the college football playoff payouts. $50 million uh, potentially on average. That's an incredible amount of money, and I sincerely hope that BYU obviously puts some of that away uh, for a rainy day, obviously, and uh, but also... Make sure you turn around and reinvest that money into your program because for years, like I said, it was BYU. We, we do more, we compete with less resources than other programs. Great. Well, guess what? A lot of those programs have passed you by. Now it's time for you to play a little bit of catch-up, and I would, encourage the, I, I would encourage BYU's brain trust if I had their ear, and trust me, I don't, but if I was able to, I would tell them, invest in these programs. It will pay off in the end. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's uh, finish out the week by looking back at another great BYU game, maybe one of the greatest of BYU's independent era because it led to the downfall of one of the great coaching uh, uh, dynasties. Dynasty is probably too strong of a term, but one of the strong uh, head coaching runs in recent college football memory. 
was all undone by a guy uh, who wears the number four, and uh, many of you might know him as Taysom Hill. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. They've been a big partner of ours for the last month or so since they came on board with us. The midway point of the NBA season is here, my friends, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because customers, excuse me, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. One th- up to $1,000 back, my friends. Absolutely incredible. All you got to do, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. Any prop bet you want out there, the best part is you can even combine your bets for a bigger chance at a better payout with a same-game parlay. You think you've got three or four things you want to kind of combine together? Guess what? That increases your payout if you can hit on all of them. Don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet now for of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to start now. That's fanduel.com, excuse me, fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, by the way, Locked On College Basketball. It's a gr- great way to get caught up on all the college hoop news out there, rankings, uh, how uh, the March Madness field is shaping up, all that stuff. You'll also be able to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players as well. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right, uh, let's get back to the conversation at hand. And uh, BYU football, as we've been looking back at all 155 games, of BYU's football history. Uh, this game was one, uh, I'm speaking of BYU's second game of the 2013 season. We talked about the disappointing opener in the rain the week before yesterday against Virginia, and obviously that was a, just a big downer if you're a BYU fan because that felt like a game that you could have won. Well, BYU came back home to face off against the number 15-ranked Texas Longhorns at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Now, uh, Texas had not been to BYU in a hot minute, and this game was actually forced to wait a little bit longer than originally anticipated. I had an opportunity actually th- on during this game to actually sit in the stands with my younger brother, a guy that I have spent many, many games of our childhood growing up watching BYU. We had, uh, up to this point, we have probably been, man, I don't know how many games in our lives, but I had not sat with him at a BYU football game in quite some time, but we had a pair of tickets. My parents had them, so we decided, you know what, we'll go to the game. Well, uh, he and I arrived at Lavelle Edwards Stadium after tailgating a little bit with guys like Big Uncle Pooh and and some of the guys that are uh, tailgating legends around these parts. Well, we headed over to the stadium, a walked into Lavelle Edwards Stadium, was walking out to our seats. We were actually on the east side, if I recall correctly. Walked out. I immediately looked up. And any of you who have seen the microbursts that come through the state of Utah at times, the way to describe it is the clouds are almost rolling. That's what they look like. They almost look like they're green, gray in color, and you know something nasty is coming. My brother and I both looked up at those clouds and were like, nope, we ain't about this. We walked right back down underneath the tunnel, and I'm not even, I'm telling you, not even a minute or two later. Just an absolute microburst downpour. And many of you who were at that game will remember what happened. Uh, There was carnage from all the tents, from tailgating. It was absolutely insane. The lightning obviously uh, delayed the kickoff by more than two hours. It was on ESPN2, if I recall correctly. And my brother and I, we just kind of just sat under uh, the the, the upper part of the East Stands waiting for that storm to ride out. Now, our younger brother, my my brother, so I'm the oldest of seven, uh, for those of you who don't know. 
Uh, six boys and one girl. So I'm the oldest. My brother, just younger than me, was the one that was at the game with me. But our other brother, number three in line, was actually at the game as well. And we didn't know this at the time, but uh, we were kind of just hanging out. Me and my brother had stayed dry. We were just kind of watching the weather roll through. And all of a sudden, I see my 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 brother, McKay, start walking out of the student section area, and he just looks like a drowned rat, just absolutely soaked. And I'm like, McKay, what are you doing, man? He looks at me, and he's like, well... I decided I was gonna be. I was gonna stay out in the rain. I figured they would start the game in the rain. And I was like, dude, with the lightning, there's no way they're starting the game. Well, he's like, oh, okay. I'm gonna go home and change. So he actually drove home. Uh, I grew up in Orem as well. Just a little bit of background for you guys. He actually drove home, changed, and got back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium in time for kickoff. That's how long the delay was. But absolutely crazy uh, times with that weather. And I will never forget just watching uh, that weather roll in and being like, nope. I am not getting soaked today. Walked right back underneath as it started to downpour. But the delay, as I mentioned, was worth it. Many of you will recall this. Taysom Hill absolutely comes out, and they just absolutely tore the guts out of the uh, Texas Longhorns. Don't mean to sound crass or uh, mean about that, but they ran for 550 yards. Five five zero five hundred fifty yards in an absolute uh, just blowout of Texas. Forty to twenty one was the final score, and Taysom Hill had one of his finest games. And we all know that Taysom Hill has forever kind of stuck in the minds of Texas because we'll talk in a few uh, days about what he did the following year down at DKR Memorial. But he actually only completed completed nine of his twenty six passes in this game, one hundred twenty nine yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. But he seventeen carries. 259 yards rushing, an average of 15.2 yards per carry, and three touchdowns on the ground more than made up for it. Jamal Williams had a phenomenal game in his own right, 30 carries for 182 yards. And like I mentioned, when you run the ball 72 times for 550 yards, an average 7.6 yards per carry, just absolutely insane numbers for BYU as they enjoyed a huge win. And any of you who are at that game or watched that game will forever remember how you felt because it's just absolutely one of those performances. You're just almost like a dream. It's like you're in a trench. Like this cannot be what is happening, but it absolutely did happen. And BYU just absolutely just pasted the Texas Longhorns. Now, after this game, Manny Diaz was the defensive coordinator at Texas. He was kind of this hot shot young coach, defensive coordinator that uh, Mac Brown had tabbed to revamp this Texas defense. Well, it had not gone well up to this point. And after this game, Manny Diaz got the axe from Mac Brown. And there are Texas people who I've had conversations with in the years since that said that this game, the 40-21 to 21, uh, route in Provo, was the beginning of the end for the Mac Brown era at the University of Texas. Now, he didn't necessarily, he, he didn't step down right away. I think he was on uh, on staff for another year. That was the end of the season when he finally stepped down. But they will tell you this game was the game that Mac Brown, like it was the beginning of the end. And there were already rumors about things not going well. He had obviously won that national title with Vince Young in 2005 and the greatest college football game I've ever seen, that Rose Bowl in 2005 against USC. But it just it was not trending the right way. And Texas ultimately uh, moved on from him, if I recall correctly, at the end of this season. But there are Texas insiders who tell you that this game, when he had to fire Manny Diaz, it was just like, okay, this is this is the beginning of the end. And Taysom Hill, as we all know, the very next year did the exact same thing almost that he did in Provo down there in Austin. But this is one of those games, if you were at the game or you watch it, you will vividly remember where you were at, what you were doing as you watched Taysom Hill just absolutely run through, around, and over the Texas Longhorns. And that's not just him. Like I said, 72 times for 550 yards. Those numbers are like when an Army team is absolutely pasting an FCS program or you have a, I don't know who, who insert uh, 
Navy, Air Force, when they're absolutely crushing teams, they run the ball 72 times for 550 yards and four touchdowns. That, that, that's who does this. BYU doesn't typically do this, but this offense was capable of doing it because you had two future NFL players in Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams in that backfield. Like I said, disappointing for BYU to open the season with the loss of the game before against Virginia, but this game... In many ways, it felt like made up for maybe some of the lackluster play the week before, and it was just absolutely a masterful game. We'll talk uh, more about the next uh, opponent in this run as we continue to look back at all 155 games. Yet another disappointing game against the University of Utah, but we'll get to that on our Monday edition of the show. Now, before we go on today's show, I do want to uh, talk about two other things going on this weekend. BYU facing off against St. Mary's in their penultimate game of the regular season out in Moraga tomorrow, and also an opportunity to watch former Cougars play professional football. Well, Jake, the Super Bowl's over. Football is not done, my friends. The XFL is back. We'll tell you where you can find former Cougars playing in those leagues here in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at uh, Be Wearables. And I'm wearing the shirt today. It's the Don't Play Soccer shirt from our friends over at Be Wearables. It, it's a combination of Beware and Wearables put together. The best part about Be Wearables is BYU has a global fan base. And many of you r- will know that you've lived in uh, different countries and probably seen some really funny uh, road signs in your time. Bewearables.co has collected those signs from all around the world that are just funny and turn them into shirts but more importantly they do high quality t-shirts hoodies phone cases tote bags and more they put these logos wherever you want them and that's the best part about it if you squint and tilt your head a little bit you will discover that life is really funny each be wearables design is based on a real sign that is oddly funny from literally all over the world bewearables.co sells shirts and accessories that make you and your friends laugh and they feature hilarious signs from travels all over the world from iceland to southeast asia to brazil and more the most important thing is they are sold all through amazon with fast free shipping and the shirts Folks, I've got three of them. Uh, Brad, uh, the proprietor of Be Wearables, was kind enough to send me some of these shirts. They're high quality, absolutely phenomenal. And like I said, they can pretty much customize whatever you're looking for if you're looking for it. The best part is they can do custom designs. If there's a uh, sign that you've seen in your travels recently or something you remember from many, many years ago, you got a picture of it. I think Be Wearables probably can help you reproduce it in a shirt. So check it out, my friends. Go to BeWearables.com. That is BeWearables.co. BeWearables.co, excuse me. Be Beware, A-B-L-E-S dot C-O to browse through their collection of funny signs right now. Check it out. Life is funny. Wear it. That's BeWearables.co. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. At UCCU, Love Where You Bank is a promise, my friends, made by a local not-for-profit financial institution that is dedicated to helping families improve their financial lives. UCCU delivers on that promise. They pioneer new technologies to make banking safer, easier, and more convenient. They create new products and services that add real value to their members. They provide easy access to real local human beings who always give a personal help or assistance. And the best part is there are many reasons to love banking with UCCU. And of course, the best way to know why you'll love banking at UCCU is to experience it for yourself, which is as simple as visiting uccu.com or stopping by any branch. For example, Floyd K. of Nephi shares that UCCU is the best at what and what a banking institution should be about. They actually care about their members that go above and beyond what you really need. They are the best. Capitalize. I can attest to this. I'm right there with Floyd. UCCU has been my financial institution, my primary financial institution for 30 plus years. Take advantage of it now. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show and being a part of it. Hope you guys have had a fantastic week. Of course, we'll be back next week. Any news that breaks while I am on hiatus, of course, we'll react to it on our Monday edition of the show. And inevitably, as my wife is fond of saying, when you go on vacation, something crazy is bound to happen. So get excited, folks. Something probably crazy happened. We'll talk about it. 
on Monday's show. But two things before we go here is that BYU men's basketball has a huge game uh, tomorrow night down in Moraga, California. They take on uh, the St. Mary's Gales. Now, St. Mary's has been absolutely lights out this year. BYU had an opportunity to get the win at home. Now they go to a place. Uh, if you were to ask me what the toughest venue, road venue for BYU in their history in the West Coast Conference has been, it's been Moraga. They have had more success at the Kennel. They've had uh, struggles at different venues, the Slim Gym in San Diego. They've struggled at Pepperdine, as we all know, with that loss most recently to the Waves. But Moraga has just been a little shop of horrors for BYU. And they'll have a huge, huge game tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. It's going to be on ESPN2 if you want to tune into it. I'll be watching it on my way back from California. But this is a big opportunity for BYU. If you want to prove to us out there as Cougar fans, media, etc., alike, if you want to prove to us that you can be a factor at the West Coast Conference Tournament, go and get a win in this game. Now, it's much easier said than done. Guys like Aiden Mahaney, the freshman sensation, averaging 15.1 points per game this year. He's been absolutely marvelous. And like I said, BYU's history at uh, at St. Mary's in Moraga is not promising, but this is the type of game that you've got to go out and prove yourself if you're BYU. So looking forward to this one. Like I said, if BYU wants to essentially prove to the world that they can be a team that can make that magical Cinderella run in the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas and punch their improbable ticket to the to the big dance, well, you start proving it in a game like tomorrow night against the, uh, against um, man, I just lost my train of thought, against St. Mary's. So that's the biggest thing for BYU as they move forward here. Now, there's another big opportunity for you guys uh, this weekend. If you like football, obviously the Super Bowl just wrapped up, but if you want to continue to watch football throughout the upcoming offseason, the XFL relaunches for the third time. Uh, it's crazy to think that the XFL is still doing its thing, but The Rock and Danny uh, Garcia, is it Danny Garcia? I think so, who is his business partner, have relaunched the XFL and it kicks off tomorrow as the Las Vegas, uh, excuse me, the Vegas Vipers take on the Arlington Renegades, followed by, it'll be double header with the Orlando Guardians at the Houston Roughnecks. That'll be the Saturday matchups. And then Sunday, it's the St. Louis Battlehawks at the San Antonio Brahmas. And then the Seattle Sea Dragons at the DC Defenders on a Sunday. So all these games on either ABC or ESPN, it looks like all of them this weekend. Yeah, it's ABC, ESPN. Uh, the Saturday night game will also be on FX if you want to tune into it that way. But there is an opportunity for you. If you want to watch some former Cougars playing in these games, you can do that. Uh, on the XFL Renegades who are playing the Vegas Vipers, tomorrow Tomasi Laulile, the former BYU defensive lineman, He's back for another run in the XFL. Uh, the, he actually had a pretty good run the first time before the pandemic shut down the XFL 2.0. So he'll be playing in that game. The D.C. Defenders have former BYU linebacker who ended up transferring to Utah Francis Bernard on their roster. The XFL Sea Dragons, uh, speaking of Seattle, have T. John Caroma, former BYU center. He'll be starting actually at center for the Sea Dragons in their matchup on Sunday. So those are three former Cougars. If you're looking for a draw to maybe uh, get you to tune into the XFL, maybe that's the hook for you guys. But I'm not going to tell you that you should watch it. I'm as much of a junkie for any type of live football that I will be tuned in and obviously uh, checking out the product. I can't wait because the nice part is if, if you want to watch football this offseason, you have an opportunity to support the XFL starting this weekend. It'll carry you through mid-May, actually not mid-May, mid-April, and then from mid-April to early July, the USFL takes over. So in essence, if you really want to get into this and really get into the weeds with these two spring leagues, you could essentially take yourself right back to training camp in the NFL and, of course, media days with college football by watching these leagues play. I, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be the highest level of football played out there, and obviously there's going to be guys who are maybe not necessarily uh, 
NFL caliber players out there, but it is football all the same, and it is live. It's not a replay. You can actually watch it on your TV. So if you want to check it out, uh, tomorrow a big opportunity is the Vegas Vipers take on the Arlington Renegades. That's at 1 o'clock Mountain Time, followed by a 6.30 kick between the Orlando Guardians and Houston Roughnecks. Uh, The St. Louis Battlehawks and San Antonio Brahmas are at 1 o'clock on Sunday, and then at 6 o'clock Sunday, Seattle and D.C. square off. So a big opportunity all weekend long to watch it. You're probably wondering, you probably aren't, but I am supporting the Vegas Vipers. I've kind of adopted them as my squad, but uh, check it out. I'm interested myself to check it out, and I hope you guys will embrace it as well. All right. That's going to do it for this Friday edition of the show. I'll be back live with you guys Monday, like I said, reacting to any news that happened over the weekend or while I was on hiatus. But nonetheless, hope you guys are all doing fantastic. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you guys are all doing great. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. Uh, By the way, also, check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's a great product. Get caught up on all the Big 12 news. Make that your second listen. And once again, hope you all are doing fantastic and have a fantastic weekend upcoming. This Once again, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. I'm Jay Catch. Y'all are great. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.